New Vision is a church that places high value on Scripture. The Bible is made up of 66 books, and in this next portion, we're going to be going through a few of those books as a church family. We hope this tool encourages you and equips you to lead your life well. Thank you for joining us today. What is going on, New Vision family? And Maybe some who are not a part of New Vision family that found out about the podcast in another way. My name is Nick, and I'm the teaching pastor here at New Vision. And thank you, thank you, thank you for continuing on our Bible navigation um, through Exodus. What an amazing book we're about to engage. We have just finished up the tail end of Genesis, and we looked at the story of Joseph and Where Exodus is going to pick up is exactly where Genesis left off, and you're going to see God fulfill what he told Abraham in the earlier pages of Genesis, that he would make him a great nation. And the crazy thing about this book is that God leads his people out of bondage into wilderness to reveal to them the nation that he had called them to be and made them to be. It doesn't necessarily make sense from our logical standpoint, but God has a much better vantage point than we do. And so we're going to see as we navigate this story, it's an amazing story. And what I love about the story in the book of Exodus is it really reveals a lot of truth about us. We all have been enslaved to something and God has called us and freed us through his payment on a cross that we can learn to live as a free people. The hard part is not really us leaving uh, slavery and bondage behind, but the hard part is for us to leave that slave mentality behind and stop living as if we are slaves, even though we have been set free. And so I'm going to be reading out of the CSB. I'm going to be reading the entire first chapter. Now, for some of you, you're like, he's about to read a whole first chapter. It's only about 22 verses. So you're going to be okay. I promise. Um, I'm going to read the text in its entirety, and then I'm going to give some highlights that kind of stood out to me, and I hope that this will help you in your day, and that by reading God's Word, it will help you better navigate today, and hopefully you'll see how you can use uh, the Word of God today as a weapon, really to uh, cut the bondage ties of the enemy. And so let's begin chapter 1 of Exodus, and it says this, These are the names of the sons of Israel. Who came to Egypt with Jacob, each came with his family, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Iskar, Zebulun, Benjamin, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. The total number of Jacob's descendants was 70. Joseph was already in Egypt. Joseph and all his brothers and all that generation eventually died. But the Israelites were fruitful, increased rapidly, multiplied, and became extremely numerous, so that the land was filled with them. A new king, who did not know about Joseph, came to power in Egypt. He said to his people, Look, the Israelite people are more numerous and powerful than we are. Come, let's deal shrewdly with them. Otherwise, they will multiply further. And when war breaks out, they will join our enemies, fight against us, and leave the country. So the Egyptians assigned taskmasters over the Israelites to oppress them with forced labor. They built Pithom and Ramesses as supply cities for Pharaoh. But the more they oppressed them, the more they multiplied and spread so that the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites. 
They worked the Israelites ruthlessly and made their lives bitter and difficult labor in brick and mortar and in all kinds of field work. They ruthlessly imposed all the work on them. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, the first whose name was Shifra, and the second whose name was Pua, when you help the Hebrew women give birth, observe them as they deliver. If the child is a son, kill him, but if it's a daughter, she may live. The midwives, however, feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt had told them. They let the boys live. So the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and asked them, why have you done this and let the boys live? The midwives said to Pharaoh, the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwife can get to them. So God was good to the midwives and the people multiplied and became very numerous. Since the midwives feared God, he gave them families. Pharaoh then commanded all his people, you must throw every son born to the Hebrews into the Nile, but let the daughters live. Woo! Wow. This is setting up the tension in the story. A new king, a new Pharaoh is in power. And he did not know about Joseph. We see this in verse number eight. And here's the deal. Sometimes with the changing of the guard, sometimes really favor changes. And so this new Pharaoh looked at Israelites as a threat instead of a blessing. Verse 11, it says, So the Egyptians assigned taskmasters over the Israelites to oppress them with forced labor. They built Pithom and Ramesses as supply cities for Pharaoh. But the more they oppressed them, the more they multiplied and spread so that the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites. Isn't that just like God? As we have seen in the narrative of Joseph's story, as we really look at the lens in the scope of the whole Bible, he is so excellent at taking these horrible situations, but yet leveraging them and using them for his glory, for our good, and really our growth. And so even though these Israelites are being oppressed, what does God do? He allows the multiplication to happen in the midst of a broken system and society. It goes on in verse number 15. It says this, The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, the first whose name was Shifra and the second whose name was Pua, when you help the Hebrew woman give birth, observe them as they deliver. If the child is a son, kill him. But if it's a daughter, she may live. The midwives, however, feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt had told them. They let the boys live. This is what we like to call civil disobedience. Like, hey, this ruler is not aligning himself with really the rules and regulations of God. And so I am not going to listen to him. Why? Because it is unjust. It is wrong. And so I am not going to listen. Why? And it goes back because they feared God more than they feared Pharaoh. They feared God more than they feared the king. They feared God more than they feared someone who was in power because here is ultimately what they knew. They knew who ultimately was in power. Granted, Pharaoh had the seat on this earth, but ultimately God has the ultimate throne. And so they were disobedient. This is civil disobedience, really a, a really up close look on this of, you know what? If you're not going to follow in line with my ultimate king, then I am not going to do as you say, because it violates the word of God and the will of God. So I say no to you. Verse number 18 says this, so the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and asked them, why have you done this and let the boys live? And then the midwives say something that is not the truth. And they don't tell the truth to protect 
really these Hebrew boys and really to follow in obedience with God. And this is the dynamic that is difficult because you're like, wait, I know lying is not of God. I know lying is not what God desires for us to do. And you are right. You are right on. In this moment, the midwife said, you know what? I am going to protect and follow God and protect the lives of these kids that don't have a choice. I'm going to do it. and I'm going to love them well. And I'm going to choose to not tell the whole truth to this Pharaoh. And this is hard. Like, most of the times when I tell a lie, it's to gain something for me, just to be honest with you, um, or it's to protect me from getting something that I deserve. But these midwives are protecting these children that haven't even had a chance. And so they are doing what they think is best in this season. And so they don't tell him the whole truth. Then it goes on to say, and it closes with this. So God was good to the midwives and the people multiplied and became very numerous since the midwives feared God, he gave them families. Pharaoh then commanded all his people, you must throw every son born to the Hebrews and to the Nile, but let every daughter live. So these midwives, these people that really fly under the radar, these people that you wouldn't think would be on the forefront of scripture that God would use to reveal himself are these midwives that fix their eyes on God and navigate it based on what their eyes were fixed on. And here they are up front and in like spotlight and, and here's the thing, the, the reason they got there is not because they were amazing or just set apart or just something different. The reason they got there is because they chose to be obedient. Listen, obedience is really the steps we take in order to fulfill the plans of God. And obedience is, is typically not, not fun. It's typically inconvenient. And I'm sure it was inconvenient for these midwives, but what did they do? They're like, you know what, I'm going to choose obedience over convenience and see how God will use them. I mean, you see that last line of this chapter where it talks about how the king said, all right, throw all the Hebrew children into the Nile. He took it to a next level. And we're going to see that, yes, brokenness is going to be revealed through all these kids that are going to lose their life. But in the midst of all the brokenness, God is going to raise up someone out of the reeds and he's going to give him a place. He's going to call him by name. He's going to lead him. And God's going to use this very broken and dark situation really to provide that leads to freedom. It really leads to growing and learning and really just God continuing to fulfill his promises because that is what God does. So here's the takeaway for you today, maybe. Maybe today you're wondering, is Doing it the way that God has called us, doing it the way that Jesus did it, is it worth it? I would tell you, yes, it is. Now, I would say it's not easy and I would say it's not convenient, but I will definitely tell you that it is best. If we are going to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, let us follow in the footsteps of Jesus. And as we do that, we will see the world around us begin to change. Now, yes, there is going to be opposition to that. But really, as we do that, we are walking in the ways of our king and the king is leading us to freedom and to what is promised. And that's the way he still operates. So today, may you choose to fix your eyes on the king and follow him. Not follow the little K king, but follow the king of kings. And may you do that. And may you be strengthened and encouraged as you do so. Know I love you. Know I'm for you. And we look forward to seeing you back here tomorrow. Y'all go and be blessed. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you tomorrow as we hop back into God's word.